If you want to be the best, you must outwork the rest. It goes without saying. The greatest work harder than the rest. They train harder. They learn more. They put themselves through more pain, more failures, more no's, more rejections. If your opponent does 10, you do 11. If they do 11, you do 12. If they do 12, you do 13, 14, 15. Sure, some of the greatest have talent, but none of that talent would ever be realized as greatness if they didn't put in the work. On the other side, think of all those with little talent that have created magic with effort. Effort will get you whatever you want in life. Fighting spirit, that's what I'm talking about. That heart that you know is inside you, you just gotta let it out to keep going when life has you on the canvas. When everything seems to be conspiring to stop you, to hold you back, but you say no, you say not today. The strength to fight back, the heart to fight through challenges, and the determination to smash through unexpected obstacles. If you want more than most, you must work harder than most, work smarter than most, learn more than most, get up one more time, more than most. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to the Soap is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. This is another segment of Five Minute Sobriety, a podcast segment that's intended to give you a quick nugget for your day to help add to your tool belt so you can go about your day and really be awesome in recovery and make sense of your addictions and mental health issues. Listen, this podcast is for addicts and people who struggle, right? I know there's a lot of controversy around the word addict and addiction and being in recovery. And you have some camps that's proud recovering addicts and some people who's like, I don't want to use that word. But, you know, in my case, I was a struggling addict, man. And I I didn't really, I had no idea about the science I thought I was this freak anomaly that just couldn't drink, and when I drink, I had a problem. When things got critical and my dopamine receptors and my brain just totally was damaged from the alcohol, it led to this real serious addiction where I just needed alcohol to feel better, and I just could not stop drinking without professional or medical help. I had to really go to extremes to stop drinking, obviously, as you guys would know, who's been here for a while, or Soap is Dope episode one, I, you know, I had to really break down, get my life back to God, really cry out, make a radical change, to radical transformation, seek help, beg to get help into a hospital, beg to get into a rehab, pretty much cry, and did everything I could do just to get back on track, and once day I was extended that blessing of rehabilitation and recovery I just never looked back but quite honestly it's it was a real blessing in my life and um 
And this episode is for you. If you're struggling with addiction, if you're a former person that's in recovery, you know, you still have those addictive tendencies within you and you're fighting every day. And I'm telling you, I've seen every form of recovery person you could find, every form of addict you could find. I've seen the people who would go strong, man. I've seen the influencers in recovery who, they're out there. Everything is about recovery. Every day, every day, every day, they have all the answers. They have everything. They have it all figured out. And then lo and behold, you know, they either relapse or what they call a slip or they fall into some type of trouble and that's a situation where I have really started to understand that no one is really safe, not even myself. You know, um, I mean, I can't honestly say I don't think about drinking. I don't want to drink. I understand darkness. But the thing is, we talk about this a lot on the podcast. A lot of people forget the darkness and they get weak in boredom and weak in lack of creativity and weak in just not being able to sit and deal with the fear and the depression and the anxiety related to both recovery and both addiction. So when you're in recovery, you still have to deal with these things. You still have to deal with fear, anxiety, and stress. You still have to deal with your mental health issues too, right? And a lot of that is scary, then life is scary because you have your fears, you know, something you might be worried about the new job. You might be worried about a project for work. You might be stressed out with a family member. It might You might be in a relationship with someone's annoying you. You might be in a relationship with someone who's still using that's annoying. You know, I know how all of that feel. And um, and um, and we know we used to be annoying. Addicts could be very disturbing and annoying. Right. And our family goes through a lot and our friends had to go through a lot and people around you have to deal with that. But when, you know, when you're in recovery, these things don't go away. So what I wanted to talk about today was fear, how to look fear in the eye and how to put fear in this perspective. One of the things and statements that I heard going back about nine years ago when I first got sober was fear is a liar. Right. Or the devil is a liar. Right. Um. And then I heard, then, you know, then you hear fear is a liar. And what fear is honest about is confronting you with the weaknesses within yourself and the shortcomings and the things that you're afraid of. Fear has a job. Fear is part of our um, our uh, nervous system. It's an aspect of our nervous system and an aspect of our hormone, hormones that... You know, help us to figure out if we need to activate that cortisol or adrenaline in case we in case we're in a fight, flight or freeze situation. Right. So if you see a, a tiger running towards you, you're going to be like, oh, my God, I'm afraid you're going to fear going to kick in that panic. And then you're going to get your adrenaline. And you're going to run like for your life. You have superhuman strength because you have all these hormones posting through you. But what about everyday fear? You know, like, um. Today, I almost got into a fight at uh, uh, Dwayne Reed or Walgreens in New York. They combined them, I think. This guy was like, you know, you could tell he was, he bought like, I should have known the first time was <laughs> he bought a uh, shopping cart full of Red Bulls. He was with a young, he was with another lady. The lady pointed to me and was like, hey, I'm going to be behind you because it was a long line. Then... Uh, for some reason, he fills up his cart with Red Bulls. 
And then he, her, him and the lady proceeds to come behind me. And then the guy who seemed like he may have been drinking or something or he had been like partying all night. I heard him say to the lady um, or the lady say to him, I got to get you sleep. I got to get you home and get you some sleep. And then he was asking the guy, are you going to come to my party? So he must have been some type of party guy, party promoter or something. You know, one of these one of big tough guys in New York. I could have totally kicked his ass, but I didn't even want to go there. You know, I'm not even on it like that. But um, he points to the guy at the register and says, oh, you want us to come now? When the guy, for some reason, that Dwayne Reed told the guy yes. So he skips me in line and he proceeds to go. So the lady turns around and go, no, he was here first and he only has one item. So I proceed to go. But there's an elderly lady in front of me, so she should go first because she's next in line. Then he darts out and go, I ain't got time for this. And then I was like, nah, you're not going to play me because I was just getting on my New York shit. So I was like, you know what? I grabbed my stuff and was like, you move out the way. You're not going to play me. You told me to go. I tried to let the old elderly lady go. And now you're trying to skip everyone again because you have an attitude problem and you're being impatient. So I went. So this guy starts mouthing off like he wants to fight me. And usually when I was younger, it would have just been a bad situation. But I took a deep breath and realized that because I checked him as a grown man, he wasn't, he thought he was tough. So he wasn't accustomed to an adult that had their shit together, that wasn't afraid of him, and that was going to check him as an adult. So when I stepped and said, no, you're not going to do that. You're not going to run around and start skipping everybody and acting like a three-year-old. I exist and I'm going to go and get my stuff. So I got to go. I have things to do too. He wants to mouth off. Now fear kicked into me and fear kicked into him because we about to get into this fight. I know it's either going to be a fight. But I literally just looked at the guy and stared at him. And I was quiet. I stared at him and let him know, look, I'm strong, bro. There's no scenario where you're going to come out this with your big mouth without us, one of us getting really hurt. So I just stared at him and he just started backing up and kept mouthing off. That's what cowards do. He got louder, kept backing up. He he was pacing back and forth like, you know, foaming from his mouth. And I was just staring at him and I went about my business. Then he came outside and he's pacing back and forth. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy's being a three-year-old. He just doesn't know how to deal with his fear, anxieties, emotions and stuff like that. And I literally went about my day. It was bothering me because part of me was like, damn, I should have just beat this guy up. But again, that's not our steeds anymore. See, we can't operate from the old systems that we are accustomed to. And um, I'll be honest with you, in, in any city, you're going to have days where you're just not in the mood. And the last thing I wanted to do, because I was on my way to take a family member to an important doctor's appointment, man. I'm stressed out for my family. I'm not thinking about this guy. He's obviously didn't get any sleep, so he's stressed out. And I was happy that I was the adult in the situation. And instead of continuously mouthing off to this guy and going back and forth, I cut off the energy exchange. He just stared at him just to pay attention to where he was and where I was and to let him know, listen, bro, I'm not going to go back and forth with you, but you're not going to, you're not skipping me in the line. Now, in retrospect, what should I have done? I literally should have, when he said, no, when his girlfriend said, he, you could go, I should have just said, nope, I'm fine. Y'all do what y'all have to do. I'm learning about my business, right? When I took her advance to go, it was because part of my ego was still upset that he thought he could skip me in the beginning anyway. 
So it was, I had to check myself, he had to check himself. But I got through that. Now, why did I explain this whole story? We all have fears, we all have anxieties, and we all have impulses. We're reactionary creatures as humans. If I was, like, reacting off of his energy, it would have been a big fight. One of us could have got stabbed or cut. It would have been ugly. I could have wound up dead. He could have wound up dead over Red Bulls. And uh, Dwayne Reed line, that was pretty much empty. There was only three people in the line. An elderly lady in front of me, myself, and them. So we have to learn how to put fear in perspective. Now let's elevate the conversation a little bit. What happens when you just have everyday fear? And and this everyday fear comes from that lingering bill that you know you, you that's that that's that's getting high and you're afraid, right? It could be a mortgage statement, it could be rent, it could be a light bill, it could be something that could jeopardize your family and you're behind and it's always in the back of your mind. You're ruminating on it, you're afraid of it. That's sending out cortisol and all these chemicals, so you're staying in, you're staying in this heightened fear state, this anxious state. Um, someone in your life could be diagnosed with something that's serious. You're afraid for them. You start thinking about the worst. You start ruminating. Uh, what else? I could give you a thousand examples of this. You're afraid of, for, for yourself and your career. Maybe you feel like... You don't have job security. Maybe you're unemployed and you're afraid. Compound that with just the what's happening in the world, right? Coming out of a pandemic and being displaced. A lot of us are displaced, doing things that's different, doing things we're not happy about. So when you're in recovery or you're in active addiction, a lot of these sideways, um, these, these side um, emotional issues tend to linger and bother us and they and they tend to stick with us so how do you deal with it how do you put things in perspective and my only advice is simple you have to learn to disconnect from your reality because when you're in a state of fear and in that moment and you're lingering you're in a real state you might be in your apartment you might be in front of the bills you might be still ruminating in a a situation that's stressful Disconnect, get out, go to a park, go somewhere nice. Like right now, I took a break from my work day, and I just said I'm taking my break and I'm going for a walk. Right? I'm just going to get some air, I'm going to breathe, I'm going to do a podcast, I'm going to talk. I'm doing something different, I'm shifting my reality, and I am investigating and I'm inspecting the nature of my anxiety and fears. So I'm saying to myself, what am I worried about? Why am I stressed out of these things? Why am I stressing out on multiple things? First of all, you can only do one thing correctly at a time. The concept of multitasking is toxic. So we tend to think about stressful things in a compounded way. We'll just pack them on top of each other. So now your brain is still, your brain doesn't like to be distracted. Your brain loves to focus on one task at a time consciously and maybe another task at a time unconsciously. It can't focus on 70 different tasks and stresses and fears at the same time. It's just going to throw out all type of toxic hormones into your system and you're going to just be in a chemical, chemically imbalanced, stressed out, ticket time bomb, right? That's why meditation, sleep, taking a deep breath, practicing breath work, breathing, 
and recentering is important. All right. So I just want to let everyone out there know you might run into that guy I ran into today while you're out there. That guy could represent a real uh, stress in your life. Right. Just take a good look at the stressor. Take a good look at that person. Remember, you are in control. No one has to stress you. I have control. I took control. I did not reduce myself to his. I said one or two things to him, stared at him, and he understood and he started backing up because the devil is a coward and the devil is weak. And in the face of someone who was strong and someone who was certain and someone who was blessed by the most high God and someone who wasn't even in the, like wasn't even designed to play games with him. He understood it. He paced back and forth like a, a seething, fuming little beast. He was going, and I'm like, go ahead, bro. Do all of that. You're doing that because you're weak. If you were strong, you just would have came at me, but you don't want to come at me because you're a coward. And that's what the stresses in your life are. They're just coward, cowardly thoughts that we're afraid of and things that we feel like we don't have control of, which sometimes you don't. But you know what you do have control of? Yourself in recovery and in active addiction. You know, in that same store today, I also saw this guy who's a, um, a local addict in my neighborhood who's like, he just, be, he, this guy's like a career, like many of us, he just made a career out of his addiction. Like he gets up, he panhandles three to four hours a day, he steals a bunch of stuff for the next three, four hours, then he panhandles again. He does this like clockwork. He made his whole drug addiction a career, schedules and everything. So... I think my anxiety kind of went up because I'm standing in line and this guy comes into the supermarket. I mean, he comes into Dwayne Reed and he literally in front of everybody clears the whole shampoo section, the head and shoulders and everything, puts it in his bag, grabs a bunch of other stuff and walk out. Now, I'm not a snitch, but I felt extremely insulted because I'm like, you're doing this in front of me, right? Um... And it's just like, I don't like that. It was just too much. It was just too blatant. Like, it was weird. It was just like how he did it. Like, he cleared a whole section. So I'm looking at the other guy. I'm like, y'all going to just let this guy steal all this stuff? Because it was like I was snitching. They looking at the guy. I'm like, what y'all doing? Y'all not? He's like, well, there's nothing we can do. I'm like, he does that every day. I'm like, so you mean to tell me this guy comes into the store and steals three to 400 items per day, $300 worth of items per day, and you just let him walk out and go down the block and relax? They was like, yeah, there's nothing we can really do. We call the police. And I'm just like, damn, man. And I thought about it like, damn, this guy's even organizing his addiction. And I prayed for him because I'm like, damn, man, if this guy's making his addiction a career and he's doing it, you know, what if that lead, you know that that could lead to his demise like the guy could overdose or, or really get sick like doing this like he's too efficient and it was like society's just letting him do it and then i realized you can't help everybody and you got to sometimes get out of your own way and let people figure out their reality so i mean today's just one of those days man i'm just sitting there like wow man stuff is happening left to right but it's calm again right it's calm again i found my calm on top of that, I have people calling me back to back for different things while I'm at work. So I'm trying to tell them, listen, I'm at work. I call you at five. And I'm like, okay, I have a big day tomorrow. And I started feeling the anxiety in myself. It's but so much we could do in a day as humans. Pace yourself. Love yourself. 
And when it comes to fear, look fear in his face and say, I'm not today. All right. I'm not giving you power today. Either I'm going to confront you with all my power. Even sometimes you have to confront the fear, weaken the knees, loss of breath, shaking, uncertain and drained. You, you know, praying and nervous. Sometimes you got to step to that bully, afraid and weak and shaky and nervous and say, I'm not going to let you bully me today. But if you get through that, you're going to be stronger next time. I tell you, you're going to be stronger next time because next time that bully come, you're going to be like, nah. I'm not afraid today. I might be a little bit, but I'm not like I was yesterday. And now I'm a little bit more ready for you today. And I was proud of myself today, how I handled this guy, because honestly, he was being dis- he was just being disturbing and trying to shake my spirit up. But I'm like, yo, man, listen, bro, I'm good, man. And, you know, his wife, he was older than me. And then, you know, his wife was there, whoever she was, she had to pull him aside And then I just say, you know what? The guy's probably been drinking all night. He's probably works. He probably he probably works nights. He's 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 strung out on Red Bulls. He's probably stressed. And then I hurt his feelings because he's a three year old. And when I checked him, because he probably bullies everybody in his world, when a real person checked him, he didn't know how to handle it. So he had to throw a little tantrum. So that was me. That behavior is going to get him in trouble one day. So sometimes you got to let people just play out their behavior patterns. It doesn't always apply to you. You don't always have to fix someone. Someone can try to play you or do something to you. Just say, you know what, man? i give you a perfect example. When I'm driving sometime, someone will try to cut me off or they'll do something really crazy on the road and I'll be upset. But you know what I do? I pray for them because you know what I say? I say, look, if they keep doing that, they're going to get in an accident any time now. You can't just keep driving like that and it, it not it's going to work out in your favor. One day you're going to either hurt yourself or you're going to hurt someone else. And we don't want so you got to pray for that person because they're not they hurting themselves by acting like that. That behavior can only hurt them. You can't let it hurt you. You understand? So sometimes when someone is miserable and they're being nasty and they're throwing shade at you, it could be someone you live with, a family member, whatever it is. Just remember that, that that's on them. That's not on you. All right? You listening to Sober is Dope. This is an important, important, important episode. And I just want you to know I love you. I wanted to let you know. Go into your weekend fearless. Go into your week empowered. Take a deep breath. If you're in active addiction, remember, there's a way out. You don't have to do this by yourself. You're listening to 5-Minute Sobriety, Sober's Dope Podcast, A Walk in the Park with Pop Buchanan. This is our usual segment where I do a podcast with you as I go for my evening or daytime walk. Because we have to get outside, practice mindfulness, get our vitamin D, and chill. So when it comes to fear and recovery, when it comes to anxiety and recovery, put it in perspective and decide today what type of person you want to be, right? Do you want to be the person to have to prove something to some particular stranger because you want to feel tough? Or you're the type of person that's going to control the situation and act like a dignified human being and prove something to yourself that you're a child of God and not a child of a devil or somebody evil or something that's lower vibrational that's a liar, Right, You have the power today to take charge of your life and put things in perspective. Take charge of your life. If you're in addiction, it doesn't have to be every day. It could be one day at a time. You could take it one day at a time. You could get through it. 
But what you're doing is not the answer. So try to figure it out before it's too late. Okay? And put that same energy you're putting into getting your drug of choice into finding a solution. And that's usually talking to someone, going to Alcoholic and Narcotics Anonymous, going to a hospital, asking someone for help, trying to get into a detox, and making a decision. The first step to that is saying aloud, I want to get this addiction under control. I don't want to do this forever. I need help. Once you say it, on that day and that moment, you don't have to stop using it or anything. But once you say it, every day you get up and say it. This is not temp- This is only temporary. I'm going to change one day at a time. I want to get better. I need the help. And this is not me forever. And God, give me the power to change. Once you do that, but I promise you, miracles start to happen. Because first you have to say it. And then the universe will conspire with you to open up and grant you the miracle of success, recovery, and healing. All right? I love you all. And if you you are in recovery, please practice humility. Know that you're not going to be perfect. And know that you do not have it under control. No matter how good or how good you feel, there's people with more time in than you. And there's people who could, that teach this stuff. That, that just wake up one day and somehow struggle and they relapse. So none of us are safe from the temptation. We just have to understand and remember the darkness. The darkness of the, the addiction and where you was is enough for you to put things in a healthy perspective. Okay? Remember your worst five days in, in, in addiction. And that will humble you to sit your butt down and say, you know what? I'm stressed today, but it's not... And I'm afraid today, but it's not an excuse for me to use. Let me go back to a meeting. Let me call an accountability partner. Let me reset the environment. And let me pray to God and start over in this moment. That's my tips today. All right? Some of us struggle, but that we don't have to give in to that. We just have to reset. Love you all. I'll catch you later.